Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. So, Micah, do you think we were talking about kid shows before we started recording? Yeah. So, let me hit you with a hypothetical. Okay. Imagine a different life. You're a single man. You're not married. Okay. You meet the girl of your dreams. Perhaps it's your wife already. Sure. Probably is. It's a different life, though. You meet the woman of your dreams. Beautiful, funny, smart, fun to be around. Yeah, total package. There's only one problem. Okay. All she ever wants to watch is Paw Patrol. Ugh. And she's into it. Like, when you're like, hey, do you want to watch, like, Game of Thrones? Do you want to watch The Godfather or some other? And she's like, I'm kind of, like, real deep into this season of Paw Patrol. Like, she, <laughs> like the story's really heating up right now. Like, you come home from work, uh-huh. and she's sitting there, and she's just watching Paw Patrol. Like, that's all she ever wants <laughs> to watch. <laughs> that's all she ever wants to watch. Uh, <laughs> Is that a deal breaker? Um, it might be. <laughs> it might be. Other than that, she's fully normal. Other, okay. Totally well, normal person. She gets along with all your friends. Then, then probably. She's awesome. It's just that one weird thing is she just likes watching Paul Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like way into it. Um, if that's it, if that is it, and she just really loves Paw Patrol, I'd probably be okay with that. That's, you know, because no relationship is perfect, folks. But she also wants you to watch it with her. Oh, uh, that's a horse of a different color. Um, How often does she want to watch it? <laughs> so we're bargaining. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because if it's a thing where we can't sit down and not watch something else, I'll be like, good God, woman. She's going to say, like, we got to spend some quality time, but also... I need to spend some quality time with Jace or with Chase and Marshall, you know? So we got to spend some time with the pups. So she's going to ask for uh, how long, how long is an episode? Probably like 20 minutes or I something. I would imagine. Yeah. So she's going to ask for an hour a day, three, oh three, uh, three episodes. Three episode. Can I do other things? Can I like be on my computer? No, you need to be. She'll, she'll be you upset. You need to be engaged because she's going to have questions. She's going to want to talk about all the cerebral plot lines going on <laughs> all the, with all the trouble the dogs are getting into and saving the town. The deep plot twists of Paw Patrol. Yeah. Um, I and, like know. she's going to expect you to be engaged with her. I don't, oh man, I don't. But she but, accepts that it's not your thing. So she's like, just, an, but I need like an hour a day of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really tough question, Thor. That's insane, um, right? Yeah. I think, I think I would probably say yes. I would probably say yes. Cause I mean, you know, you watch things, you get into things that aren't necessarily your cup of tea for the person that you love. 
anyway. Like, Ashley loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, she will tell you that it's the best TV show of all time. I don't agree. <laughs> but at the same time, I have watched all isn't, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Isn't that the show that gave, like, uh, David Boreanaz his break? Right? Because yeah. then he went and did Angel after yeah. that and yeah. then went on to make Bones. Yep. Star be one of the co-stars in Bones. The Great Show Bones. The Great Show Bones. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because Angel was a um, it was a spinoff because the character Angel was on Buffy. I remember Buffy being on when I was a kid. I just don't think I ever really watched it because I think it was a little bit. It was kind of geared towards like young adults, and when it was on, I was like a proper kid. Yeah. So I was aware of it. I just don't think. I probably didn't have the attention span to watch like an hour long drama. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I mean, I definitely watched it a couple of times because I remember Sarah Michelle Geller in those tight green shirts. I mean, she's, yeah. You know, she's married to Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. I think that's crazy that, uh, like, were they, did they spearhead Scooby Doo movies together? Was that their decision? Yeah, maybe that's where they met. I, I genuinely don't know. I could look it up, but I'm not yeah. that interested. Yeah, me either. Me either. I'm just. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah. You know, actually, I like them because they're very much um, like out of the spotlight. You know, because they yeah. were like two of the biggest like actors and celebrities for in a while. the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and they kind of. I imagine they probably still do work a little bit, but like, it seems, and I could be fully wrong. Maybe just nobody interested in what they're selling anymore <laughs> but my assumption is that they kind of like just kind of receded from the spotlight to like raise a family because they have kids and shit so yeah i, I mean that's the smart thing to do right how often does they've been married for many years now yeah how often does relationships between celebrities last that long never yeah never so my my only assumption is that they were like yeah we made our money acting and now we're going to be like normal people and not be famous celebrities yeah in the headlines all the time i think that freddie probably prince... a healthy way to fucking yeah exist. I, I think that freddie prince jr did voice acting for a bit or maybe does voice acting but that definitely keeps him out of the spotlight you know if you're doing things here and there for cartoons or video games you know playing roles that way then you don't have to stress about you know, being in all these blockbusters yeah good for him man what a babe <laughs> yeah yeah dude i don't know about the paw patrol um <laughs> i probably yes probably yes uh and i would tell my friends about it and i'm like don't bother me between five and six because that's paw patrol <laughs> that's time. paw patrol time yeah i've dedicated that for the rest of my life to paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about that but if everything else was good and she didn't have some t- well, and you have Paw Patrol bed sheets. <laughs> Paw, <laughs> yeah, Paw Patrol sheets in your bed. Uh, that's the deal breaker. That's the deal breaker right there. Hey, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked. The only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He's the man in black. 
He fell into a burning ring of fire, but really deep down, he's just a boy named Sue. It's Micah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I miss Johnny Cash. He was such a cool guy. Yeah. Did you ever watch? I I assume you saw the biopic with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that was a great film. I do. I really enjoy that movie. Did, Did you watch the parody biopic? Walk hard. Walk hard. Yes, yeah, with so good. about Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox. I, <laughs> I love him so much. God, what's his name? Uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. You know what is crazy about that is John C. Riley has a great singing voice. I know that all of those songs were comedy country songs. Yeah. But I kind of loved all of them. In fact, I would listen to that the soundtrack of that movie because. It just, I don't know, I enjoyed the sound of John C. Riley's serenading voice. Yeah, I thought it was a really good one. Yeah, he's such a talented dude. That movie's so funny. I, my favorite one is the uh, the song called Let's Duet. Like, let's D-U-E-T, and it's the duet song uh-huh. um, between him and I forget who the other actress was that played his love interest in that. But all of the lyrics are sexual innuendos. And he's just like, in my dreams, you're blowing me. Some kisses. <laughs> <laughs> and then she responds. And there's another line that's like, I'm gonna beat off all my demons. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's such a clever, I don't know. I really enjoyed that movie. Probably more than I should have enjoyed that movie. No, it's very funny. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I'm, a, I'm a fan of strange music. Um, so what are we getting into today thor well today we are going to get into some music it's not dewey cox and it's not johnny cash darn darn (laughs) (laughs) it is a band called gym class heroes and i would say they are probably best known for their hit that came out in probably around 2007 2008 Mm -hmm. maybe a song called cupid's chokehold which essentially was a sampling of a super tramp song and the chorus is, take a look at my girlfriend. Yeah. You know, that's all. We all heard it yep. so many times that year. Yeah. They sampled that part and then rapped over the rest of it. Yeah. How do you feel about samples? I'm just curious. Oh, I love it. You love it? Yeah. So- I mean, when done, when done well. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't like it. In fact, a lot of times I don't like it. I, I enjoy it because it's like it's paying homage to... The music that you like. Yeah. I like knowing what, when a musician makes something, I like knowing what they're into and what they groove on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I can appreciate that. There's a song out right now on the radio. I don't know what the name of the song is. I don't know who sings it. I don't even know what the lyrics are, but it's the tune to I'm Blue. The I'm Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die chorus. I heard this thing. I've heard this song yeah, that you're but, talking about. But they've changed the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And and everything, they just took that that hook of of melody and just turned it into another song. And I was like, "This is just Eiffel sixty five. Not that that's a great thing, but not like I'm a <laughs> yeah. staunch Eiffel sixty five defender." <laughs> but well, that tattoo on your arm says different. That's right. But, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. When I hear stuff like that, I I kind of. I don't know. Frustrated isn't the word, but I, I listen to it. And I'm like, eh, it's just the thing is, I like the music, but it's because I like the original song. Yeah. But I, I don't particularly care for this song. 
if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, it does. That's different from sampling. Because, I mean, you have an emotional attachment to that song yeah. already. So I, I, it's like somebody changing something that you have an attachment to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and that's not what Cupid's Chokehold did. Did they take, like, the actual um, singer and all of that and just kind of threw that into the chorus? No, I believe... Uh, or... I don't believe... Maybe it is sampled. Uh, hold on, let me... I got the Wikipedia pulled up for that song specifically. Uh, so the song it's from is Breakfast in America, written by Roger Hodgson. Uh it was performed by Super Tramp, and that was kind of a hit song for them. Gotcha. The title on the album is called Cupid's Chokehold slash Breakfast in America. Yeah, so I'm honestly, I'm not genuine. I, I don't think they actually sampled it, though. I think oh, okay. they covered it. The, okay. I think they essentially covered it, but really they just covered the chorus. Yeah, right. Okay. This is actually kind of an interesting song because this is the song that really introduced America to gym class heroes. And I think most people would, if you say that name, this will likely be one of the few songs of them they know. This song actually appears on two different albums for them with slight changes. Okay. Yeah, because it was on this one, and then was it on their next one, the As Cruel as School Children yes. album? That album I was more familiar with. But this album, the Paper Cut Chronicles that we're talking about, I had never listened to, really. Yeah, so when I recommended this to you, you had said that you had heard Gym Class Heroes. The only album you heard or had listened to was Cruelest School Children. Yeah. And that had this song on it, mm-hmm. which was their big hit, as well as the song uh, Clothes Off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Fall Out Boy. That was a, that was a great Fall Out Boy. Yeah, it was a great song. And I like I do like that album. Yeah. And they have a, their following album, The Quilt, I like as well. Um, and that's when they started picking up steam and getting success. Okay. That song, though, originally appeared on this, their first album, The Paper Cut Chronicles. Gotcha. That's obviously the album we're talking about today. Yeah. The Paper Cut Chronicles has a very different feel than the rest of them. It definitely has a different feel than uh, Cruelest School Children. Yeah. So what happened, and I kind of read about this, so I could have the facts a little bit wrong. But essentially, they released this album, The Paper Cut Chronicles. Uh, Cupid's Chokehold was on there. At this point, they didn't have like a bunch of mainstream success with that album. They were still mostly a touring band. They were touring on the Warped Tour. They were on the guy from Fall Out Boy. His record label was the label they were on that they released oh, okay. Paper Cut Chronicles on. So that's how he ended up, I'm sure, sure being, being with them later on uh, in one of the songs. So it was on this album. They didn't really get a lot of traction from this. So they're about to release their second album, Cruelest School Children. And right at around the time they were ready to release that album, a local, like kind of like an independent radio station, mm-hmm. uh, started playing Cupid's Chokehold. And it started picking up traction and getting a lot of success at that point. And so essentially their manager was like, this might be their shot to actually pick I up see. some steam. And so what they did is they actually re-released it. It wasn't going to be on Cruelest School Children, but they re-recorded it and put it... Put it on that album. And put it on that album. So it's actually two different versions. Hmm. Okay. So most people think Cruelest School Children is their first album. Yeah. I think people who only know them from the, you know, from like kind of like the hits. Sure. But Paper Cut Chronicles, that's what we're talking about today. That's... 
This one was pretty good, to be honest. Um, overall, I, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into because I was familiar with the album prior to that. Um, and it is it has a different feel, but at the same time, uh, we listened to the Fugees early on in this show, and the, the differences between the first and the second album with them was real different. Yeah. And, and I don't think that this is quite at that level. So there were things really? that... I don't think so. Uh, I think at least not the way that the guy, the main guy, Travis, raps. I feel like that was very similar in both albums. Now, that is true, for sure. Yes. Now, as far as like the, the people that they got to get on the albums, like having Fall Out Boy and things like that, yeah, that gave it a totally different vibe. But as far as the way that he raps and uh, the kind of the cadence that he uses, there was a lot of familiarity for me in that. Um, let's... That- I would say a big difference, though, the Paperclip Chronicles is very dark. Yeah. It has this very, the whole album, the music is darker. And also, the Paperclip Chronicles is pretty much entirely, it's, the music is done by the drummer, the bass player, and the guitarist. Yeah. That's it. They're just a, they're an actual, they're just a rock band with a guy rapping. Well, they got rap. That's cool. Whereas, as they're in the future albums, starting at Cruel School Children and going on, they started using samples and gotcha and different techniques and stuff. Whereas this one is really just a just a band. Yeah, it's that's full, cool. Like almost all the all the music in it is pretty much like that's you cool. know live performance type. Music. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that does give it a different feel or a different sound for sure. Um, and it's been a long time since I've listened to their second album. So <coughs> I think I might just be remembering him rapping and not really catching the differences between the music itself. Probably. Yeah. And I mean, and he can, he can fucking spit it. Yeah, he can. Dude, he is. He's good. Talented. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, so let's get into some of the songs. So we start on, what do you think about the intro? The intro was cool. It was kind of fun. You get the Stephen Hawking voice being yeah. like, hi, would you like to hear some music? Yeah. Yeah, that type of stuff is pretty neat. Yeah. I I read it first because it's called Za Intro. So do you think that that's supposed to be like Za Intro? Probably, like yeah. the uh Like the German duck from DuckTales, like the German scientist duck. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, is that what that play is supposed to be? Or what that's Probably, to be? I guess. I don't know. Because I was like, Za intro? I, I didn't get Za, but then I read it real quick, and I was like, ah, Za intro. That's probably what it is. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Um, first song goes into is Paper Cuts, mm-hmm. which obviously the name of the album is The Paper Cut Chronicles. Yeah, so that one, you'll have to refresh my memory, but that one was mainly about a, a guy who had a thing for a girl, but she just would never stick around. Yeah, basically. Well... That whole song is really like I like that this album is called The Paper Cut Chronicles. I think it's a really because it's all about these like just small minor minor things. She's just digging at them every day. It's just yeah. each day is a paper cut. But if you get enough paper cuts, you sure. bleed out, right? So that that's kind of like the theme of it. Is the like it. it's just like all these little things that are building up. Yeah. But that's kind of a classic like I'm stuck in a bad relationship type yeah. song. Yeah, I thought that, that was pretty cool. I noticed that there was a lot less singing in this album than what I remember Jim Class Heroes having. That's probably because uh, there's no cameos <laughs> in this album. It's just the band and him. Yeah, also, and it was much less like those as they went on, their albums got distinctly more 
pop oriented. Sure. They really did. They became more melodic, became more like kind of poppy. Yeah. Whereas this, I wouldn't say this is a pop album at all. When they made this, mm-hmm. they were a touring band and they were touring on the Warped Tour. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of wild. It sounds like it was a slow transition though as far as as they as they made different albums that the the transition from whatever this is rock rap to pop sounds like it had a couple of steps in between yeah for sure um it really bothers me when a band maroon five maroon five is the biggest culprit of this that i know of where they spend a whole bunch of time promoting an album to get big and then once they get big they change their style 100 percent. that really bothers me you know it's funny cruelest school children came out that's when they kind of got popular sure uh, the lead singer slash rapper Travis, he ended up doing a song with Bruno Mars called Billionaire. Okay. You remember that goddamn I, earwig of a song? I don't remember that song. I want to be a billionaire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's so annoying. <laughs> he he was in that song. Really? Yeah, he ra- he was the guy was rapping the ra- in that guy song. Rapping? Huh. I guess they probably wrote it together. So I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on any of that. Sure. But he was... He was in that song. I don't know how much he had to do with writing or creating it. Yeah, or if they just brought him in. And then shortly after that, because Jim Class kind of took a hiatus. They did seem to vanish. And that's when he was doing solo stuff, and that's when he came out with the Bruno Mars song, Billionaire. They got back together for the Papercut Chronicles Part 2. Don't listen to it. It stinks. Oh, okay. But (laughs) there is a collaboration on there with one adam levine oh my goodness <laughs> i uh, just the song about the songs about jane album was so good and it had such a cool style that to album's it. fucking incredible yeah and i think that they spent like 10 years i i could have that number wrong but it's a significant amount of time maybe it was only five years i don't know but that album was done and they were traveling and promoting that album and playing those songs and then once that album got big their very next a- next album sounds completely different. Like, why? You had a great thing. You had a great thing, and you got big off of that great thing. Why would you change it? I mean, I guess it worked out for them because they're still popular. Yeah, well, and I think I try not to be too hard on musicians for changing their style because I think it gets boring doing the same thing, and I think just naturally as a musician – you want to play different stuff and yeah, but I want more of it. Styles evolve. I get that. I want more of the stuff that I like. I'm greedy that way. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. I do. I get it. But um, the song that jumped out to me the most. Oh yeah. Also, I told you there were two songs specifically that I thought you particularly you would find particular interest in. Yeah. So which one which one really stuck out to you? It was Taxi Driver. It was the one that jumped out to me the most. Okay, yep. That's the one where he's just naming all the emo bands. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah he's The emo and indie bands. Yeah, it was great listening to that because I was like, oh, oh, I know that band. Oh, I know that band. It, and it was really put together pretty well. Isn't that such an interesting song? And that is obviously one of the ones I was like, I think you'll find this interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he weaves the names of all these bands yeah. into this like narrative. He even put the band Cursive in there. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, which whew, I'm surprised that, that so, that's awesome. And once again, the time when they wrote this album, they were touring. 
and they True. were touring on the warp tour with all those <laughs> so it was probably all their friends yeah. all those guys that they played music oh, with yeah. and knew that's true. So, so really, that's how it's funny. It, they're a hip hop band, mm-hmm. but they got their start playing with like emo and indie bands on the Warp Tour. Like that—that's kind of how they made their name for themselves. What is it? Do you think about them as a band that works for that? Then to to hit a different audience, you know? Because if a like if Bruno Mars right were to go to warp tour do you think that he'd probably pull in people now because he's bruno mars but if he before he became famous and went on if he were to go on warp tour that style of music is just so different than everything that's on warp tour yeah so what do you think it is about i don't know about what they were doing that resonated with people who didn't didn't necessarily listen to rap music because I don't necessarily listen to rap music, and I thought that this whole album was really good. I think it's because they were a live band. It was, they were a rock and roll, I mean, they're a rock band. And there's a lot of, I think there's, they're very funky, and there's a lot of funk and hip-hop influence, obviously. But at the core of their music, at least here on the Paper Cut Chronicles, mm-hmm. the core of their music is like, I would say closer to like an indie rock or like an emo band. And you're talking like about the music specifically. The mu- specifically the music, yeah. and then he's just rapping over it. Yeah. Like, specifically the guitar and the bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see Because the that. drummer kind of had... The drummer, like, his his patterns are pretty hip-hoppy, kind of like uh, funk funk drumming. Yeah. Um, but the actual guitars and the bass are... They're firmly planted, at least on this album, they are firmly planted in the indie rock yeah all rock scene yeah that's that's very true um specifically there's two songs uh yeah it's graduation day and apollo 315 yeah those are just instrumental tracks basically right other than you have like a voiceover dub of like a guy from a rocket launch yeah yeah those those were interesting i um i was actually kind of i don't want you to take this the wrong way but i was seeing the length of all of the songs and i was kind of excited for those shorter songs because a lot of these are in the four minute category uh-huh. uh or even five minute almost five minute category like four minutes and 54 seconds something around there yeah and i was like oh man there's 145 230 113 239 um as far as the length of those and i just was like i remember looking at the that area in the track listing and thinking something is happening in that area and i wanted to uh, i was excited to get to there oh yeah yeah I get I get what you're saying, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that figured. is a neat little because that goes from the. This is the very first song. So the way I discovered this album. Yeah, when did you discover this? Did you discover this? I was before they got big. Are you a hipster with uh, Gym Class Heroes, Thor? No, I think they were big at that point. That oh, okay. song had already came. The Cupid's Chokehold had already came out. Yeah. After I graduated in 2007, in 2000, the begin very beginning of 2008, like January, mm-hmm. I moved in. I. Because I just needed to get away. Um, so I moved in with my sister, who's uh, eight years older than me. Okay. And she lives uh, in Virginia. So I moved out of state, and I went and lived with her. Her girlfriend lived with us, and I had to – my car – something was wrong with my car, and I needed to borrow her car. So I get in her car, and this is the CD that was in there. Oh, okay. I have never even heard of them. I didn't even, I didn't even realize it was the band that did – the Cupid's Chokehold song until I heard it come out. I'm like, what? I listened to like most of the album. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I was like, wait, what? Okay. But the song that it was on when I first got in, the first song I ever heard of them was the song Faces in the Hall. Dude, that's a depressing song. It's a very depressing song where he's just telling a story of like this gay kid essentially getting beat up, beat to death for being gay. Yeah. And then his girlfriend, like his beard essentially Mm -hmm. getting hooked on heroin and watching him get beat to death. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a fucked up story. Yeah. I heard that song and I was like, this is awesome. And I restarted the CD. I'm like, I'm listening to all of this. And then Cupid's Chokehold's not till like song 10. Right. So I I was already fully in. Because had I turned on the car mm-hmm. and literally the song before Faces in the Hall is Cupid's Chokehold. If I had turned it on and Cupid's Chokehold was playing, I would have popped it out and been like, oh, this shit? Because <laughs> I'm a 19-year-old Thor. Yeah. You think I'm going to put up with any popular music no i'm way too cool i'm way i'm way too above that obviously you know what i mean (laughs) yeah obviously and then faces in the hall is the one that leads to those instrumental tracks yeah and then it closes out with the freestyle track yeah the free dude if that was legitimate freestyle that was wild okay well here's so Here's a little bit of hip hop, hip hop knowledge oh, for you. I'm ready. Hit me with the hip hop. Come on over to Thor's hip hop knowledge corner. <laughs> this is a new segment we're gonna do every every week. I can't hip hop knowledge with Thor. I can't wait. Okay, so the term freestyle uh-huh. doesn't necessarily mean right off the top of your head. Oh, okay. It has become like kind of like people just think that's what it is, but freestyle really just means like they're traditionally. It's like just verses you have that don't okay. necessarily have a song or a place that they go. Oh. So a lot of times, like you're thinking like rap battles when people are making yeah. fun of each other and rhyming. like Yeah, or coming, coming up with something off the top of their head. Yeah, which a lot of people think. But most most rappers, most freestylers, they're not fully coming up with stuff off the top of their head. They may be taking like different pieces, like different rhymes and verses they have and kind of mashing them together to make the situation fit. Yeah. But usually a freestyle, traditionally anyway, was just like a a verse you already have written, like maybe a couple bars you have written. Gotcha. So and that my assumption is, you know, they fully planned this out. Yeah. And maybe it was like a skit. And it was a skit? Perhaps. Uh. That or maybe it really was they were like, spit a freestyle. And he's like, okay. And he's just like, this is this fun verse I've been working on. Yeah. But either way, it, there's no way it's off the top of his head. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, so that to me, uh, freestyling to me, I, I think that a lot of times people would, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if we're in Thor's freestyle corner, but. It's the hip hop corner. The, the hip hop corner with Thor. Um would practice rhymes and kind of figure out words that go together, not necessarily having a whole list of lyrics that goes together, but knowing if I, if I end on this word, then I can take it to, you know, any one of these six different words and kind of, kind of having a, a a slight map almost in their head of of how they can get to the next part. That's kind of what it seems like to me, almost like, um, yeah, but they do that with like verses too. Yeah. Like, or like bars and okay. things like that too. Yeah. That that's my understanding of it anyway. I mean, I've never rapped, so I don't know. I've never I've never <laughs> been in a freestyle rap battle. So I couldn't tell you for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, there are it's not all just like fully 
free form off the top of the head. Gotcha. Okay. It's probably closer to like jazz. Sure. In that if you're somebody who like plays guitar, you'll get this where like, if you're just jamming, like, you know, they'll call them licks or phrases where it's like, I do these couple of things. that sounds like this. Mm-hmm. And then if you're like just jamming and you're just putting stuff together, you have these different phrases and these different licks that you can play and you play them in different spots on the key, on the, on the fretboard and things like that. And that's kind of how like jazz works. Yeah. You just, when they're not necessarily playing the exact same thing every time okay. or like a jam band, like the grateful dead or string cheese incident or fish, like, you know, those hippie like jam bands. That's what they're doing is they're making it up on the spot. Gotcha. But the way they're making it up, it's they're using different phrases and things that they've played before and kind sure. of putting it together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the easiest way I can simplify it. I don't know if that made 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. sense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, that so, gives me a bigger appreciation for it. Yeah. Either way, I think that that track was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Can you guess what the other one I thought you might specifically find interesting? Was it to Bob Ross with love? It was. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always, this is a question I've always had and you're probably the perfect person to answer it. Yeah. Because he's talking about artists the whole time in that song. Mm-hmm. Like that whole song, he's basically making references to different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, how well known, like, because obviously, like, the Andy Warhol reference is pretty easy to spot. Yeah. Do you know any of the other artists, or are you familiar with the other artists? Um. Oh, man. Like, the one was Basquiat. Bas- that artist, I believe, doesn't sound familiar to me. Um, Will Hart? Will Hart sounds familiar to me, yeah. So, I'm just, I'm just curious, because, like, I've ne- like I can tell he's talking about artists. Yeah. Cuz a lot of the art terms I was familiar with. Okay. I to be honest, I'd have to listen to that again and see how many um see how many I could pick up on that. I almost want to do that. Did you like that one? I did like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did um, you do you think he liked him more cuz you're an artist and he got all the ref like probably the references <laughs> to like the not even necessarily the artists themselves but sure. like uh, I think the one line is like uh we compliment so together we make each other better yeah it's, it's common sense yeah and stuff like that and i was like i remember that from art class <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always found that interesting listening to this album is that you know and he talks about in another album about going or another song about going being in art school mm-hmm. um so not only is he a musician he's also like a visual artist visual artist uh, i always found that uh, very neat about him uh, is that like there's a lot of there's a lot of layers. Yeah. Um, he's an interesting character. So fun fact, I actually have seen these guys live. Wait, really? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I really enjoyed their uh, cruel or coolest school, ch- cruel as school children. Um, right. That's the name of the album. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I really enjoyed that one. So I saw them live at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster. Oh, that's awesome. Were they, were they, they were pretty solid. They were pretty solid. Um, and close off was my favorite album or favorite song off that album. So I had these like high hopes that maybe the singer of fallout boy would like come out from behind the stage. (laughs) Like maybe like it's unlikely, but you know, maybe nah, didn't happen. They just used the track, which I didn't even realize he sings on that song. Um, yeah. So the, we have to take our clothes off. That's him. That's that's the lead singer of fallout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And at that point, that's when I started liking Fall Out Boy because they came out with the Infinity on High album. And man, that album was good. Prior to that... I don't believe it, but sure. <laughs> Prior to that, I wasn't a huge Fall Out Boy fan. After that, not really a huge Fall Out Boy fan. But that album, for some reason, that one hit. Yeah, I get that. I have bands like that. They have one album that I'm really into and then other ones that I'm just like, yeah. eh, I don't care for. How did you feel about the rest of gym class hero stuff like how did you feel about uh cool as cruel cruel as school children why can i not say <laughs> stop that stop trying to say okay. it just the say second album, album the second yeah, album the second <laughs> album so this one is obviously my favorite yeah that's why i recommended it i like cruel as school i you... I, I said it right and then i second guessed myself <laughs> i like cruel as school children and uh a little bit less i really like that one and then the album after that is called the quilt yeah and I, I like that album as well, but with each of them, there's like, so on this album, there's not a song that I don't like. Okay. Except for probably Cupid's Chokehold. I mean, I'll even listen to it once in a while. I think it's a very interesting way they went about that song. Yeah. But that's the only song I could say, eh, I don't particularly care for. And then there's probably a couple on Cruel with School Children that like I could probably I, skip like, over. I, yeah, or I just don't really care about, <sighs> don't even necessarily like not like. Yeah. And then the quilt... Uh, there's a couple of songs on there I really don't care for, and then some that I really like. Okay. So, I like I like all three of those albums. Do you think it's worth but, going and taking a listen to the quilt then? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you'll definitely find some stuff you like in there. Okay. Um, but then they took a hiatus after that, the for like a couple years, and then 2012 or 13, Papercut Chronicles two came out. Yeah. I had never listened to that. I tried listening to it after I recommended this to you. Because okay. I listened to this album and I was like, eh, you know, I'm curious and it's not for me. <laughs> I'll just say That's... it's not for me. It's It felt super poppy. And also it's, you know, almost 10 years later. Sure. Yeah. Adam Levine's on it. <laughs> it's just not, it's so, nothing really for me there. Yeah. I, I would think, too, that they're probably at a very different stage in their life. You know, and it, it would hard. It would be hard to. I don't know. Anytime you do a sequel, you've got you've got that connection to the original one, right? So people are gonna make that connection because if it's two, then that means you know with the first one. If you really like the first one, then you're probably gonna hope that there's a connection, a similarity, to to that album. Yeah. And it sounds like there wasn't, really. As far as yeah. how the first I didn't album make was it through, and I didn't make it through all of it. I listened to like four or five songs, and I was just like, I am not enjoying this. And I stopped mm. listening to it. And I mean, I, I'm i happy for these guys that they found success. Sure. I really yeah. am. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm happy that they changed their style and grew and changed. Yeah. Just didn't change for me. Sure. Yeah. It didn't really go with you. Yeah. Yeah. I so, get that. Which is fine. Like, you know, I, I get it, but like, I just, I'm good with this. I think I also really connect to this album because when he wrote this album or when they made this album, they were probably, they were young guys. I was going to Probably early 20s. Yeah. Or 19, 20-ish. I think in one of the lyrics, he says that he's 22 or something like that. And so when I discovered this, I was basically that same age. You know, the difference between 19 and 22 is minuscule, basically. Yeah. So I think I I think I really connected with it. If I had never heard it and I heard it now, I don't know how much I would like this album because a lot of it is about him being young and hungry and like the angst of yeah. that age. 
It's this is a very I will say the biggest diff one of the biggest differences between this and their later albums is it feels younger. Okay. Like lyrically. Okay. You can you can tell like all like a lot of the rhymes are about like these young person angsts and troubles. Gotcha. I really related with that. Sure, at the time. I don't think I relate with this album nearly as much now as I did when I first heard it. Yeah, well that'd be you know, it's probably a good thing that you don't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so I guess the long, the long point I'm trying to make, taking the longest route possible, is it makes sense that they change because they were, it's, they feel very young in this album. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to go check out uh, at least the quilt. Uh, I might check out Papercut Chronicles two out of curiosity, just to. Just yeah. to see where Let they Let me know went. if you can make it further than I did. Okay. <laughs> I made it through like five songs, and one of them was the intro. <laughs> so I don't even really count that as a song. Jeez. Okay. All right. Yeah, I probably... We'll see, when I start an album, how do you... Here's a question for you. When you get a new album, all right, and when you jump in, how do you approach that album? Do you listen to the tracks in order, full songs, straight through? Yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because I like listening to albums in order. I It's this thing that I think is probably, I don't know how prevalent it is anymore because of streaming, but there really used to be a lot of attention paid to in what order the songs are on, on an album. That was like a real important part. Of That's true. Album. Do you put the hit song in the beginning or towards the end or in the middle? Do you front lit? Like, I, that's something that like mechanically I've always just found very interesting is how an album is laid out. Like what songs go to the front, the middle, the back. Yeah. So I always like experiencing, and I don't know how much thought people put into that. Probably quite a bit, but, to be honest. But for me, I that's something that I find interesting. I like hearing an album in order. When when I listen to an album, I'll listen to it in order, especially if it's a new album. I'll listen to it in order, but I don't listen to the whole song. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. The first time that I listen to an album, I don't listen to the full song for any of them. Okay. I, <laughs> I listen. I listen to maybe the first minute and a half, or maybe two minutes, and then I'll go to the next song. Why? <laughs> because. You you sound deeply offended. No, I'm not offended. I'm just I'm just confused. I just don't see the like uh, because, purpose of that. Okay, so so the way that my the way that I'm looking at it is I want to get a feel of of what songs I like and what songs I don't like about the album, and so I can I feel like I can get the gist of a song within the first minute and a half or two minutes of the song, and I can make a decision. But that doesn't account for songs like Layla. Where it has this full-on different breakdown towards the end of it where it sure. fully changes. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I agree. I'm okay, not... Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. I interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, well, I mean, just basically is in, in that if I listen to the first minute and a half, I can make a decision. might not be a complete decision, but I can go, that song's okay. I really like that one. I like the hook of this one. This one has a little bit of a slow burn. Maybe I'll listen to this later um, when I can really focus on it, that type of thing. And so it gives me... Um, kind of an idea of how the album is as a whole on a very general level. Okay. And then I'll go back and I'll start digging into the tracks that really interested me on those quick... Interesting, uh, okay. Yeah, on those quick, like, one minute and a half 
plots. Basically, I, I try to find the tracks that jump out to me, and then I'll dive deep into those. And I don't know. For me, it that's just how my brain approaches a new album. I always think that that's kind of fun to do that way. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, because with me, I, I can't help but think, okay, I'm listening to this song, and if I'm on song number two and I'm in a minute and a half in, I go, I wonder what the next song sounds like. <laughs> like if if I don't know if I don't know what the next song is I want to you know I want to go to the next song and and experience that um, maybe it's like musical ADD yeah no I I hate not finishing a song oh yeah <laughs> yeah because like it's like reading half a book and then being like eh, I'll just read another book <laughs> or watch or like watching the first five minutes of a show and being like let me skip to the next episode I read- I don't know I like. I read half of a book and then I go, I'm going to start another book. I do that. <laughs> that makes sense. That, I mean, I'll go back and finish the book later, but then I'll be like, uh, I wonder what this other book is like. Yeah. I like finishing a song completely. I, it's never even occurred to me that <laughs> somebody would approach things like approach music that way. You should try it. It's interesting. Cause then you find out the songs that you, you like. Real usually quick. the only time I'm skipping a song is if I don't like it. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm gonna like the song. I just I want to know if I I want to know how I feel about the album. That's so so strange. It's so foreign to me. <laughs> and often with time, the songs that jumped out to me initially are I the ones start... you keep going back to. Well, initially yes, but as like if I listen to that album for years um, and go back to it, or maybe put the album on on hold for a little bit, listen to other stuff, and then bring it back. Those songs that I jumped into initially are often the ones that I end up liking less. And then the second real deep dive into the into the album, I find other tracks that initially didn't jump out to me that much, but then do later. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't know. For me, it works because I get this like full appreciation for a lot of the songs on, on the album if I keep going back to it. Okay. Um, yeah. I did that with – there was a Skillet album called rise i'm a big skillet fan i love skillet i don't even know what skillet is oh dude it's not your cup of tea a skillet's what you cook fucking steaks on yep it's also a christian rock band oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking okay i was thinking what's the uh like an edm guy right skrillex skrillex, skrillex. Oh, yeah. that's like an edm band uh, right? i, th- I think I, I think skrillex is Oh boy, we're gonna get the Skrillex heads coming after us. Uh, I thought that Skrillex was like industrial music, like rock with electronic stuff going on in the background. Okay, I thought that, maybe that sounds correct. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so so Skillet had an album called Rise, and you know what I did, Thor? I listened to the first minute of each song. None of it jumped out to me, and I'm like, that's really a shame because I love this band. Shelved it. And then I was listening to Spotify, and because Spotify on your phone for the free version just doesn't let you listen to the fucking song that you want to listen to, um, I was listening to Skillet, and then one of those songs came up, and I'm like, this song is awesome. I was at work. I was like, this song is awesome. And I looked at it, and it was from the Rise album. And I go, why did I skip over this initially? So then I went back and listened to that album. It's fucking great. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with me a year ago. Hey, you just have to be in a different headspace sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, no. Okay. Actually different, but similar. Do you ever have an experience where there's a song that you've heard before? Like it's a popular song Uh huh. that, 
and you're like, man, that it's so annoying. It's so overplayed. And then you really listen to it, and you're like, oh, this is really good. Oh, yeah. Ever experienced that? So I'm driving home the other day, and the song Hit Me With Your Best Shot came on the radio. Okay. And what a strange song for that to happen to you. Well, and I was just trying, and I just, I just wasn't even really thinking about the radio. Yeah. So it just starts playing and I'm listening. The guitar on that fucking song, it rips. Dude. Oh yeah. It's so good. And then, and obviously she can sing in crap. I'm pretty sure it's Pat Benatar. I don't, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to say it's Pat Benatar. <laughs> it's Pat Benatar. I don't know. It could be some lady, but <laughs> But you know that, like, had you asked me the date, like, I'm literally dry and I'm really listening to the song. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so good. The guitar work is so incredible. The guitar solo is great. It's the, it's exactly what a rock and roll song should be. Huh. It's awesome. Had you asked me the day before, do you like the song Hit Me With Your Best Shot? I'd be like, no, it's so annoying. Yeah, because I hate that song, but I really listen to it. I'm like, oh my god, this song's fucking incredible. <laughs> I'm like, do I like this song now? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that happened. Uh, that happened to me with Twenty One Pilots, the Blurry Face song. Dude, there's that album is fucking. Great. Nuts. It's amazing. Yeah, it's I, amazing. I Kendra actually bought the CD of that. Yeah, and we started listening to it in the car, and I kind of had the same thing. I was like. I liked the Blurry Face song when I first heard it, but I was, like, not crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And then we started listening to that album. That's one of those, it didn't leave the CD player for, like, a year. Yeah. In the, like, I learned most of those songs. Yeah. Like, the ones that can be learned. Yeah. The, the, the song Lane Boy on that. Uh, so good. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I fucking love 21 Pilots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, and to be honest, I kind of had a similar feeling with Gym Class Heroes. Because the Take a Look at My Girlfriend, like that uh, Cupid's Chokehold song, I heard that. Um, and I'm like, mm, it's not bad. It's not bad. But our buddy Colin was really into it. And I think that that's why we went to go see them live, because Colin wanted to go see them. And see, like listening to the album with Colin, I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. This is actually pretty good. And I would just find myself listening or having the the chorus loop stuck in my head. And I'd just be working. Take a look at my girlfriend. Just and it would be there. That's, that's when well, you realize you well, like the song. Well, I mean, the chorus specifically too. It was a hit song for Super Tramp. Yeah, I didn't know that when when that song came out. I I am not familiar with Super Tramp at all. Um, I know that they exist. Goodbye, stranger. It's been nice. I hate that song. Hope you found I'm you. I'm not a fan of that song. Paradise. That that paradise note that he hits. Not a fan. Dude, Whatever that note is. Dude, I love that song so much. What? Not a fan. We got to end the podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and also, I, that song's actually so interesting. Uh, not the Super Tramp version, um, but the Cupid's Chokehold. Yeah. Because, because the chorus is like, take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. Mm-hmm. Not much of a girlfriend. Yeah. I never seem to get a lot. And then... All the verses are about how great she is, how great she is. It's like this young puppy love. And I think my, my interpretation of it is like this guy's in love with this girl 
and he's just putting her up on a pedestal and she's like she's so amazing and I can't wait for my mom to meet her I'm so happy and she's so great and she's always there for me when but really he's just delusional and doesn't see the fact that like she doesn't really care about him Mm, that's that's interesting so it's such a neat because like the chorus versus the actual verse is don't match yeah i've always that i think that that was part of the reason that i didn't care for it too much or at least it didn't make sense to me because i now that you're mentioning that i do remember thinking it odd that the chorus seemed kind of negative or like yeah you know this is my girlfriend this is this is what i got she's not great well and what the band said about it is uh the drummer matt mcginley said that song was kind of an accident that it even happened We wrote it in our old bass player's bedroom one afternoon, and it was really unintentional. We were just going to rehearse for our show. We didn't sit down and say, okay, let's write a song. They were just jamming. Uh, And somebody probably started playing the the riff and started singing, and then he started rapping over it. So literally, it wasn't like an intentional thing. They were just jamming, and it happened by accident. Why is it that so many great songs are written that way? It just It's a natural... Uh, thing that turns into a great song that's kind of cool that's pretty cool so that that leads me to believe that maybe maybe it's not meant to be like subversive this like idea of like oh she's really good but he doesn't realize it yeah maybe they were just like (laughs) you know what i mean they just like got the rights to it and they're like this would sound really good together yeah, maybe not lyrically so. but musically yeah they they wrote it fully on you know unintentionally that's just jamming out (sighs) oh All right, so I feel like we're getting close to that time. We are. I mean, I feel like we covered it pretty good. So, Micah, on a scale of 1 to 10 bloody band-aids. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a 7. 7 out of 10. Okay. I think it was solid. Will you listen again? Uh probably. Probably, especially the Bob Ross song. Because now, now I, I'm realizing that there was a lot that I dude, wasn't catching in that well, one. Well, dude, and that one's so funky. It's like, bam, 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 beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Like, I, I love how fucking funky that song is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll listen to this again, for sure. Um, it might actually give me a renaissance with this band again. Might. Dude, I'm telling you, you should go through, re-listen to their whole first three albums. Yeah. I might have to. I might have to. Seven, is that the best I've done for music so far? For music? I think so. <laughs> I know Crass was not high. Crass wasn't... Sublime was lower than Crass. Was Sublime lower than Crass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wanted to get... Well, because it wasn't just Sublime. It was specifically Robin Hood. Oh, Robin Hood. That's right. So yeah. you basically... You gave it a little bit better than the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special. And then Fuji's. I don't... Fuji's, Fuji's was, was okay. so long ago. I don't yeah. remember... I don't remember how you rate. I don't even remember if we were doing ratings at that point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think either. we probably were, but yeah, Fuji's was pretty good. Uh, I think the Fuji's and this are probably the two highest ones if we were doing ratings at the time. Yeah. Then yeah, but uh, but that's not to say that I didn't enjoy the experience of either of those bands. Like like keep them coming, Thor. Give me the music that I'm not no, gonna like. No, I, well, no, I wanted to give you something you actually liked, but like before we ever did that, I had to get. Fuji's crass and sublime out of the way. They, had were, to. they were always going to be the. <laughs> they always had to be, for sure. The first recommendations. Yeah. All right. So, what are we getting into next week? We're going to get into a movie. 
I'm going to go ahead and just say we're going to get into a movie. We've been doing a little bit of movies, but we just did a music. We just did an album, so we kind of broke it up there. Um, you recommended a movie to us a little bit back called The Swiss Army Man. Yes. And that was done by two guys named Daniel. They go by Daniels. Daniels made another film, and this film is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I've heard of this. Actually, almost rented it one day. Oh, yeah? But I was just like, we watched a preview for it, a trailer, and mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I just don't think I'm feeling it right now. It's uh, it's a little bit longer, but man, is it good. It's really good. I've heard nothing but positive things about it. Yeah, cool. Um, So I actually wanted to i knew that i wanted to recommend it to you but i didn't know if it was streaming anywhere so i looked that up it's not streaming anywhere so i thought well how much is it to rent and it was like 15 bucks to rent on amazon you want to know something fucked up about amazon prime what so kendra and i went to wanted to watch a movie the other night that we had to rent on amazon prime and she had asked me earlier in the day like hey do you want to do you want to watch this tonight and i was like sure and she looks and she's like, yeah, it's like five bucks to rent or something like that. Okay. Like, okay. So we make dinner and we sit down. It's about six, six o'clock and we go to rent the movie and it's $15. What? They fucking changed their prices based on the time of the day. Just like if you're. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. Even though it's stream, So if you want to rent a movie or a show or whatever from Amazon, I don't know if they do it with all of them. It was. It was a newer movie. It's a newer release. I'm pretty sure it's still in theaters. So maybe that's why they did it. I don't know if they do it with all of them. Wow. They changed the price based on the time of the day because they know when people are going to be more likely to rent stuff. So if you're going to rent something from Amazon, you know you want to watch it in the evening. Go in the afternoon pay to rent it and you get it for like a day or something and then watch it later. Now I've got to think about when I was looking to, to rent it. Fucking scumbags. Like what a dirty trick. Yep. Man. Oh, I mean, movie theaters do it, but like you have to actually go there. Yeah. Like they're streaming. So why should it matter what time you rent it? But they know that like, yeah, there's, there's an unlimited (laughs) supply. There's a reason they're like the richest, one of the richest corporations in the world. What? A, that's wild. <laughs> they ain't dumb. That's wild. Well, I bought the movie. I bought the Blu-ray because it was fifteen dollars. It was the same amount for me to rent the movie for a couple of days, or I could just buy the DVD. So I bought the DVD. Nice. So uh, the movie might be streaming. Let's. I, I. I'm not sure if it is. I'm not sure if it is. You can rent it for fifteen dollars or five dollars in the afternoon. Sounds like uh from amazon so you should you should do that um and then come in next week and watch everything everywhere or talk about everything everywhere all at once with us say that three times fast everything everywhere all at once with us (laughs) (laughs) everything everywhere all at once with us i can say that but i can't say cruel cruel children (laughs) (laughs) uh so what do you guys think um have you guys has it been a hot minute since you've listened to Gym Class Heroes? Since you've listened to Cupid's Chokehold? Uh, do you think that you should maybe go back and revisit their earlier stuff? Their hipster scene, if you would? I pretty much enjoyed this, Thor. It was it was a pretty good one. It was a nice refresher going back to the band, especially since I was unfamiliar with this album. So it was kind of unique in that sense. Cool. 
So next week, we're going to talk about everything everywhere all at once. You should check it out. But um, until next time. As always. Get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Yeah, and take a look at my ugly girlfriend. <laughs> oh, damn. Jesus. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.